This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. But this people who knoweth not the law are cursed. See, that's the babes. Babes are the people who have not been schooled in the Jewish law or Talmud. They are the babes. Who are also the babes? The babes are described in Acts 4.13, Acts 4.13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled that they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. So the babes are the unlearned and the ignorant men. Babes are viewed that way. Babes are helpless. Babes are dependent, whereas the wise and the intelligent are self-reliant and independent. So babes are humble. And when there was a discussion one time among the disciples, one of those invaluable discussions they had about who was gonna be the greatest among them, the Lord settled the argument by seeing a little child and say, oh, come on, come on over here, come on over here, little kid. So he brings this little child in the middle of them and he gives an answer to them about which ones of them were gonna be the greatest when he heralds this little kid to come over. It says in Matthew 18.1, Matthew 18.1, at the same time came the disciples unto Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called the little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. What a scene that must have been. You know, they're all sitting there saying, okay, now, will you please settle the argument and tell us which one of us is the greatest? And so he brings a little kid. I don't know how old this kid was. Maybe the kid was four or something like that. A little kid, a little kid dependent on, very helpless, dependent. And he says, um, here's your answer right here. This little kid is your answer. Just look at him. He says, you need to be converted and become like him. And unless you don't, you can't come into heaven. There's just no entrance for you. 
So with that statement, except you be converted and become as little children, the Lord was saying that anyone can be converted. Anyone can become as a little child. Anyone can become as a babe. Anyone can be converted and become dependent on the Lord. Anyone can be converted and see himself as helpless without God. And to the babes, God reveals the gospel and who Jesus is. It's not a matter of discovery. It's a matter of revelation. And the great chapter 53 of Isaiah, which declares the gospel that and how the Messiah died for our sins and made us justified. And at the gate of this great chapter, 53, in verse one, is a question. And the question in verse one is, who has believed our report? Uh, who's speaking there? God, Isaiah, doesn't matter. Who believes this? Disagree. And the answer to that question, who believes, is given in another question. The second question, which is, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Revealed. Who believes the report? Asked God in Isaiah. Is it a matter in believing Isaiah 53 of who is wise enough and who is intelligent enough to make this great discovery of the gospel and who Christ is in Isaiah 53? No. It's a matter of to whom it's revealed. And the Lord Jesus rejoices that God the Father has made a selection, has made a division, and has said, to this group, no, we're not gonna reveal. The wise and the intelligent, the self-sufficient, the self-reliant, the feeling of adequate, they can meet the challenge. No, no, hide. But to this other group, helpless, dependent on God, oh, that's the one we're gonna reveal it to. And the Lord Jesus says, good, in verse 26. Even so, Father, it seemed good in thy sight. So the Lord Jesus said that was good, and in verse 26, he says that he's the revealer. He's the revealer. All things are delivered unto me and my Father. No man knoweth really who the Son is except for the Father. And neither knoweth any man the Father except for the Son, and he to whom soever the Son will reveal him. He's the revealer. So Jesus, God the Son, is gonna reveal who God is. He's gonna reveal and he's gonna do it to babes who have been converted from pride to little children who are dependent on the Lord. Okay, now, we see the Lord Jesus addressing God the Father. It starts off in, in verse 25, he says, Father, Father. It's, there's only five times, there's several times here in scripture where the Lord Jesus addresses God as Father. This, here it is here. He addresses them as Father by saying he's so thankful that God has hid these saving truths from the wise and the intelligent and revealed them to babes. And so in that context, he calls God Father. Then there's the time when he's standing in front of a dead man's tomb, Lazarus, and he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He's standing in front of there, and the stone that sealed the tomb has just been removed. And he, it says in John eleven forty one. John eleven forty one. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. So he's prayed, and then he raises Lazarus from the dead. 
Then he's thinking about his death. There's another time he's thinking about his death, and he has a concern about his death, and the concern is that he wants for God the Father to be glorified in his death. And he calls God Father in this regard, in John 12, 27, John 12, 27. He says, now is my soul troubled. He's concerned, he's troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified and I will glorify it again. Then there's another time when again he's thinking about his death on the cross. And again, he's troubled about his death on the cross. And he has another great concern and for which he calls God Father again. And he's asking this time that he, Jesus, would be glorified by his own death in John 17, 1, John 17, 1. These words spake Jesus, lifted up his voice to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. And then there's another time when he's just been crucified, he's just been nailed to the cross, he's just started, the torturous death process has begun, and he's looking down from the cross on his executioners, and he's concerned again. He's concerned, he's worried, he's troubled. About what? He's worried for the souls of those very Roman soldiers that have crucified him on the cross. And again, he calls on God as Father. He says, Father. And he's talking about his executioners, and he wants them to be forgiven, of all things. In Luke 23, 33, Luke 23, 33, when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, where they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand, the other on the left, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And they parted as Raymond cast lots. So he's asking for his executioners to be forgiven and he calls the Father. This is Jesus, this is our Savior. That's why we love and adore him. Now, he's just said in uh, verse 27 that all things were revealed to him and that no one knows the Father except for him and nobody knows him except the Father and he to whom he's gonna reveal him. He's just said that nobody really knows himself and nobody really knows God the Son like God the Father does. No man knows the God the Father like God the Son does. And, and now he's gonna make this great revelation of who God is. And it's coming in verse 28. And the revelation is a word, come on, come, come, come unto me. That's the revelation. That's a great revelation of who God the Father is. God, we didn't know. God the Father wants people to come to him through Jesus the Son? That's a great revelation. God the Son wants people to come to him. No one could have ever thought, especially the wise and the intelligent, that God would be an inviting God, that God would be inviting man to come to him with all of his troubles, with all of his cares, like the hymn says, is there a heart or bound with sorrow? Is there a life weighed down by care? Come to the cross, each burden bearing, all your anxiety, leave it there. All your anxiety, all your care, bring it to the mercy seat, leave it there. Never a burden he cannot bear, never a friend like Jesus. Who would have imagined that God was like that? 
that he was gonna be a friend. Friendship with God, are you out of your mind? <laughs> are you crazy? Friend of God? No one would have ever imagined that God wants to be friend with you. No one ever imagined that God cared about your anxieties. No one ever imagined that God cares about your cares and your sorrows and your burdens unless Jesus had not revealed this about God in verse 28 by saying, come, come unto me. So he says, come with all your anxieties, come with all your cares, come with your sorrows, come with your burdens, because he cares. This is Jesus. This is our Savior. That's why we love and adore him. When we see this in verse 28, this come, really from what he's been talking about, this is a shift. This is a shift in tone. Up until now, his tone has been pretty harsh. His tone has been talking about, like we said, guilt and levels of final judgments after death. But now his tone has changed totally. And it changes to a very tender tone, a very gentle invitation. This is so characteristic of the Lord Jesus. He can be, and he is, and he can be, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the tearing lion with the fury of Psalm 2, verse 7. Psalm 2, verse 7, where the fury of, I will declare the decree, the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Oh, what a scene is that, taking a vessel and smashing. Psalm 21.8, Psalm 21.8. Thine hand shall find out all thine enemies. Thy right hand shall find out those that hate thee. Thou shalt make them as a fiery oven in the time of thine anger. The Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath and the fire shall devour them. See, this is one side of the Lord Jesus. This is the lion of the tribe of Judah. But he can also be the tender, both lamb of God and the gentle shepherd. He can be, he is the Isaiah 53, 7. Isaiah 53, 7, he was oppressed. He was afflicted. He opened not his mouth. He's brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He is the shepherd of Isaiah 40, verse 11. Isaiah 40, verse 11. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. So, we see these two sides of him, the lion, the tearing lion in his fury, the judging lion, and the gentle shepherd, the gentle shepherd. We see this too in this section. We see it in this section because in the verses that preceded, for example, in verse 23, he is the one who's the judge being said, you will be brought down to hell, verse 23. We see him there as the one breaking with the rod of iron, dashing into slithers, casting into fiery oven. But in these verses now, in verse 28, he's the inviting gentle one who's saying, come unto me. Here he is, he's gathering with his arms, he's carrying in his bosom, he's gently leading. This is Jesus. This is Jesus, this is our savior. This is our king. 
And this is why we love and adore him, and this is why we also call him beloved in whom our soul is well pleased. So in verses 27 and 28 here, as we said, he's changed his direction. He's changed his direction. Verses 25 and 26, his direction was toward heaven. He was talking to God the Father. He was speaking to God the Father with thanksgiving. And now in verse 27, he's changed his direction to earth, to the people around him. He tells them that in verse 27, he is the revealer of God. In verse 28, he reveals that God wants them to come broken. God was inviting the broken to come to him for repair. And with that invitation, it's very significant when I say broken because he's really saying there, all you that labor and heavy laden, he's saying, come to me, you that are broken. As we said, he separates the babe from the wise and prudent because the babes not only see themselves as helpless and dependent, babes see themselves as broken. And the wise and prudent see themselves as not broken. Very simple, not broken. So what he's really saying in, in verse 28 is, come unto me, all you that are broken with your struggling under a heavy burden. So it's really a sheep call that he's giving in verse 28. It's the call to the sheep. And he's calling the sheep who, that are broken, and they're gonna respond as opposed to the sheep that don't see themselves as broken, so why should they respond? And so this is his sheep call today. His sheep call today is to those who see themselves as broken, is to those who see themselves as not just sinners, but dirty, rotten sinners with a sheep call that, it kind of goes like this. Anyone who does not see himself as a dirty, rotten sinner, anyone who does not see himself as broken like that need not come to me because I'm here to save the broken. I'm here to save the dirty, rotten sinners. This is what he meant when he said previously, we saw, in Matthew 9, 12, Matthew 9, 12, when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, they that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. So in other words, he was saying there, if you're whole, you need not come. What do you need me for? So he uses the word when he says, come unto me all ye. He uses the word ye. He didn't have to use that. When he said in Matthew eleven twenty-eight, 28, verse 28, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. He says, come unto me, all you who are laboring and way down under this load. And by using the word ye, he's saying, you know who you are. I'm calling to you as an individual, not as a group, but to you as a person, an individual. His invitation is to the broken that they should run into the arms of Jesus. He's a savior. He's able. He's able. So what it says in Hebrews 7.25, 7.25, wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them. See, this is one of the greatest invitations that the Lord Jesus ever made to man. And it's come right on the heels of this, verses like 23, Capernaum, you're gonna be brought down to hell. And he's declaring that people are gonna be, on one hand, he's saying, 
these people in Capernaum are going to be brought down to hell. And at the same time, he's saying, come unto me, all you that labor heavy laden, I'll give you rest. But exalted to heaven. Now, what is that? What is that that he's doing there? On one hand, he's saying the people are going to be brought down to hell, and the other he's going to be brought to heaven. What is that? That's Romans 5.20 in action. Romans 5.20 in action. Romans 5.20 says, where sin abounded, people being brought down to hell, grace did much more abound, come unto me, and I'll give you the rest of heaven. So where judgment abounds, salvation more abounds. That's Jesus. This is Jesus. This is our Savior. This is why we love him. This is why we adore him. So this is the great answer. This chapter opens in verse 3. In verse 3, chapter 11, Matthew 11, 3. Matthew 11, 3. The great question is, he said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? And the great answer to this question is, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. That's the answer. He's the one. So he makes this call to those who feel this great need in their lives. He calls out to those who feel that they just got to find a deliverance from this life of working so hard under this crushing burden of no rest or restlessness, of insecurity inside, no internal peace. And the Lord makes this call to those who feel this way. And as he does this, the Lord is spanning, he's looking at the total, complete horizon of everyone, of mankind. He sees everyone on earth before he makes this call. He sees everyone from Gentiles to Jews, from the poor to the rich from the unknown people to the famous people, to those who live on the street, to those who live in mansions, to those who never went to school, to those who are university professors, from those who have achieved nothing in life to Nobel Prize winners, from those who've never been to a house of worship to theologians, from those who have never seen a Bible to those who have memorized the Bible. So he sees all of these people. He sees this complete span, the spectrum of all people, and he gives this invitation, and he inserts this one word, which he didn't have to do, but he says, come unto me all. He didn't have to use that word all. He could have just said, come unto me, you that labor. But he said all because he doesn't want anyone to be excluded from all those different people he sees. His invitation is to everyone, it's to anyone who has this feeling in their lives that they're tired of living a life, of working hard to get somewhere. Maybe they don't even know where they want to get to, but just they know they haven't gotten there. And they're just under this heavy load that's giving them this no peace, no rest. They have no rest. So his invitation is to anyone and everyone who just feels this need in their lives, and that's why he uses the word all. He uses the word all in verse 28. Come ye unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, because he wants no one to be excluded. He says all because 1 Timothy 2.4, he, 1 Timothy 2.4, he will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.